This episode of the Managing Major Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you, and you can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. And all you have to do is just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to Manage Image Podcast listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash managingmadrid. That's betterhelp.com slash managingmadrid. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring the Managing Madrid podcast. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Talks ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Welcome to the Daily Drop, a new segment on the Managing Madrid podcast, which is designed to give you content on days we don't have podcasts planned. And it runs five minutes, but inevitably runs much longer because it's me on the mic. And it's just a little bit of news. That's all it is. Nothing special, nothing elaborate. Just to catch you up on what's happened in the last 24 hours in the Real Madrid world. Not much analysis. The analysis will save for bigger podcasts, for all the content we're doing on the website, maybe even on social media. But I'll throw in some thoughts here and there, but it's really just a quick 5-10 to minute segment, which catches you up on things. And I just wanted to start off by saying thank you everyone who came out to yet another successful post-game Zoom podcast for the Manchester City game over on patreon.com slash Madrid. Eduardo Alvarez and I had a ton of fun breaking that down. Also, a lot of patrons who jumped on the call with me and we did a quick Q&A interactive style after Eduardo logged off. Next one is after the second leg over on patreon.com slash Madrid. You get a Zoom link after the Manchester City second leg, and that one is going to be epic. I think that one is actually like, we broke records against Chelsea and PSG. That one we will truly shatter records if I had to guess because it's the season, it's either the season-ending one, God forbid, or it's just a massive celebration as we march on to the Champions League final. So either way, that one is going to be epic, and you're not going to want to miss it. So again, if you want access to that, patreon.com slash Madrid. Let's start with just some thoughts on Chuomeni and Danny Ceballos, because this has been a hot topic. Um, <clears throat> a lot of reports in Spain saying that Ancelotti has been enamored and kind of grown on the idea of keeping Danny Ceballos, which wasn't necessarily the case, you know, by Christmas time. Obviously, he was going through his injury concerns, and he was kind of seen as this player that, you know, sometimes you see him in training and you're surprised, you forget that he's even in the squad. Um, but he seemed to be a contributor in the last few games, and I think he's played really well off the bench. And, you know, there was that period, remember, I think it was around January where Ancelotti actually spoke about it in the press conference where he said Hazard and Ceballos are going to be important for the second part of the season. <clears throat> and excuse me, by the way, as I, as I battle a, a drained voice because I've been just doing so many podcasts lately. But um, 
Angelotti said that Ceballos and Hazard would, you know, be important players, quote, for the second part of the season. Obviously, we know that did not hold true for Hazard for various reasons. And for Ceballos, he kind of battled through it and has been important off the bench and has played good in his limited cameos. What are my thoughts on this? Because um, a lot of people have been asking on Twitter, <clears throat> even on Patreon, how does this affect Chua Many? Are they related? Well, there's a couple things here. They are not the same position, first of all. Um, Danny Ceballos, despite what Arteta tried to do at Arsenal and actually, you know, watching that those Arsenal games and analyzing them thoroughly, I would say uh, really failed in getting the best out of Ceballos because Ceballos is not a defensive midfielder. He is actually just perfect for the Ceballos Camavinga, or sorry, Fede Camavinga role and providing them with rest. And, but given the fact that I expect both Camavinga and Fede Valverde to be more prominent next season, I'd expect also that Ceballos can get his own minutes because he'll provide a nice two-way energy in the same positions Camavinga and Fede Valverde will. And he'll either be a sporadic starter, like odd games here and there, or he'll just be important off the bench. <clears throat> um, but I think that while he is not competing for the same position as Chuomeni, Chuomeni, I think also Ramjid, maybe it seems like they're kind of tapering off of and just looking at the cost-benefit analysis and looking at it the same way they look at the Benzema position where they're like, well, how can we sign a backup for this starter and not give him any playing time? Not that I agree with that. Personally, I think Chuomeni would be really, it would be really difficult to pass on him if I were in charge. If I, if, if we, if we had the numbers and we had the means and resources available to splash on in multiple positions and Chuomeni was available for a hefty sum, but I, I think it would be worth it just given the fact that he addresses so many problems. I think it becomes a barrier because we see Casemiro as this indispensable figure, which in my opinion, he's not as great as he is and as elite as he is in the, in the ball winning side of things. But Chuomeni, I think actually addresses a lot of problems, but Assuming the club has kind of maybe cooled off on their interest on him, I don't think it's related to Ceballos because I don't think Ceballos is playing in the same position at all. Uh, another another thing I wanted to mention about Ceballos as well. Because <clears throat> there's been kind of some polarizing thoughts on him, right? You know, some people are thinking, why are we renewing him? It makes no sense. He's not even that good. And then there's the other side of the camp that actually really think that he, he would be a good uh, person to bring back and add some quality depth there, that position. I think I, I'm in the latter camp. I think those who are worried about Ceballos coming back maybe just assume that he's going to be some kind of fixed starter. I actually don't see him that way. I actually just think, see him as an important piece in the depth chart. Now, <clears throat> it's one thing for Ancelotti to want to bring him back and play him in that role. It's another thing for Ceballos to accept it. Will Ceballos accept that role? And, you know, rather than being a starter at Betis, for example, I'm not sure. That that will be remain to be seen. So we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, next up, because we're already at six minutes and I've already failed. Um, I watched the Manchester City game this morning again and absolutely did not do it for pleasure purposes. It was purely work-related. I'm writing a column about it, and I just wanted to say that it was much worse than I even remember. It wasn't a low block. It wasn't a high press. It wasn't anything. It was just pure disorder from start to finish. And even those who were saying like, oh, look, you know, we, we pressed Ederson into some mistakes and we won the ball a couple times. Even those pressing sequences weren't that good. Ederson was actually just uncharacteristically poor with the ball at his feet. Three of 10 long balls, missed some open targets. 
Um, but there were also a couple of times where he just absolutely sliced us with a pass and destroyed our structure. So even the press wasn't that good revisiting it. And again, it was just pure anarchy, disorder. I'll break it down more, but I just wanted to share with you that I had a miserable morning watching that again. And moving on, uh, also some thoughts on the left-back situation. A hot topic has been, you know, Ferlan Mendy, Miguel Gutierrez, Fran Garcia. What's going to happen there? Um, this is this is my assessment, and I know other managing Madrid staff members who are extremely knowledgeable have different opinions than I do, and I wanted to also share their, theirs as well because I, I don't want it to be just a one-sided, my opinion kind of thing. I think Miguel has on pure talent and the ceiling and the upside side of things is a, is more intriguing to me than Fran Garcia, who, to be clear, is a really good player. So I'm not saying anything definitively. What I am saying is that I, I'm just I'm. It's mostly that I'm curious to see what happens. Is Fran Garcia that established that it it warrants maybe Miguel going out on loan? One of those classic ten year loan spells that Real Madrid have before we sell him. I don't know. I'm I'm just interest interested to see how that unfolds. I think Fran Garcia is pretty good on both ends of the field. I think Miguel has some defensive concerns. I also think offensively he has just again a higher ceiling, but. It really remains to be seen. As I've said, Fran Garcia is more established. I don't know how much you want to punish Miguel for that, but these Castilla players, they can kind of go either way. Some of the most talented Castilla players, they just kind of wither. Whereas some of the ones that we had no idea would be this good just come out and completely do a 180 turn from their Castilla performances. So I'm just interested to see what happens there. You know, if, if Real Madrid bring in Fran Garcia, then would where does Miguel go out on loan? What happens to him? and uh, all that stuff. There's also just been a hot topic on Ferland Mendy and how good he is lately, but for that, just go to yesterday's discussion over on patreon.com slash Madrid. Lucas and I had a healthy debate about that. And by the way, yeah, uh, to Matt is higher on Frank Garcia than I am and lower on Miguel than I am. So next up, just a little bit of an anecdote. At, th- at this this stage of the year, there's a lot of like, on this day eight years ago, on this day 10 years ago, on this day 15 years ago, a lot of Real Madrid memories, and that's obviously because we usually go pretty far in the Champions League. And on this day eight years ago, it was Real Madrid 4, Bayern Munich 0, the Ramos famous brace. Ronaldo obviously scored a brace. <clears throat> um, I'm sure you guys can all relate. I mean, there's not going to be anyone young, that young on this podcast that probably wouldn't remember this one. I think this is all pretty clear in all of our minds. It's the decimal year, obviously. Um, I just remember it felt like a lot of wounds healed that night, even though we hadn't won that decimal yet. But just the wounds of the Bayern penalty shootout and the Dortmund loss and just so many uh, years of round of 16 failure. Some of, A lot of that was just healed for me that night. And I'm assuming for you guys too, listening to this, maybe you guys can relate. I just remember watching that game with my dad. That was before I became a journalist. And especially after Ramos's second header and Ronaldo's goal just before halftime, the, the famous counterattack goal. I just remember screaming and hugging my dad. It was just such a great memory and such a great day. So why not? Why not just bring that into the podcast so that you guys can maybe remember some, some good memories, some nostalgia there, even though eight years ago it seems like a lot, but it's also not that long ago. Um, one last one. Actually, two. Here's one. 
Osap reported that Real Madrid and Luka Modric have agreed to an extension, which is not really news, and I'm not sure how repeatable this particular report is, but the point is, I think we all knew that Modric would renew, renew anyway, even a few months ago. So I just expect that he will just continue to do this until 2039 or something, and it won't be surprising in the least when Modric is like 50 years old and he looks younger than uh, basically any other player on the, in the in on earth, and he's just extending year to year. So... Congrats, Luka Modric. Happy to have you back next year. Last one is from a reputable guy when it comes to Chelsea stuff. Nazar Kinsella. He's a Chelsea correspondent for goal. Reporting that Real Madrid have made the call to Chelsea for Reese James. So, shoot your shot, Real Madrid. I love it. I rate Reese James incredibly highly. If we can get him, let's get him. I'd be surprised if Chelsea and Reese James split. At this point, because, you know, Chelsea are already losing a few players. And I just don't know if the new ownership will go that far to to part ways with Reese James, who, by the way, is underpaid when it comes to, you know, relatively speaking to some of the other players in Chelsea, given the importance he is and probably a player who will become a pillar for the team for years to come. So I'd be surprised if they let him go as well. But hey, we shoot our shot. We basically try to absorb the power of every player we've knocked out this so far. Kylian Mbappe, Rudiger, who throw Reese James into there. Just absorb their powers for next season and, and come back stronger. I'm all for it. I think it's a shoot your shot moment. And I don't know if it's going to materialize, but I'm glad that Real Madrid actually made the call, if this is true. Um, that's all I got today. So we're planning on doing two podcasts this weekend. Tomorrow is the post-game show for the Espanol game, which also... Obviously, maybe a La Liga winning podcast episode. And on Sunday or Monday, we're going to do a Manchester City preview with Jose and Sid. So, tactical preview. I'm going to revisit some of the things from the first leg and then look ahead to the second leg and what adjustments can be made, who's going to play, key matchups, all that stuff. The, the usual stuff. That'll be for free. And then, again, after the game on Wednesday... Join us on Zoom, patreon.com slash management. You'll get a Zoom link, and you can join us on the call for in what will no doubt be an absolutely historic show. So we'll see you there. Thanks, guys, and hala madi.